This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, parents, we're glad to have you with us again for podcast number 88 of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And uh, last week uh, in our podcast, we had to begin with a little bit of a correction. Michael had misstated himself in an earlier podcast. But as far as I know, Michael, last week you were flawless once again. So we can start out fresh, uh, mistake-free from last week, and and we're going to try to live up to that standard in this podcast. Can you do it? You up Uh for it? I'm up for it. (laughs) All right, you've had your coffee, you're ready to go. I have. (laughs) Uh, We've got another listener question, and uh, the last few podcasts have had some similar themes to them, which is really good uh, in terms of our listeners and the questions. And before I get to the question, please, uh, as always, head on over to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and you're going to find a lot of good information there, Uh, some products that Michael and I have created together, some books that Michael has written. Uh, a link to our sponsors, uh, the uh, the Center, a place of hope, and great resources there as well to help you with all kinds of different things in your life. And also want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, to head over to Facebook and look up Wonder of Parenting and join our Facebook group. And uh, it's just great to see every week people are posting questions and the community itself is answering those. So if you've got some questions and you don't think we can get to them fast enough, that's a good place to get to your questions. So we've got a question today about a niece who is a handful, and here's the question. Uh, Hi, Tim and Michael. I love listening to your podcast. I have this niece that I basically watch almost seven days a week, and I've been losing my patience lately because I have no idea how to deal with her incoming behaviors. She's a sweet girl and all, but at times she can be quite a handful. I guess what I'm looking for are some techniques on how to deal with her behavior and or to what extent I can uh, to what extent I can do things. She gets my she gets angry or irritated at everything from raising your voice to just saying no or even when her grandma extends her arms to hug her. What she would do is throw her whole body onto the floor which sometimes smashes her own head. If not, she'll grab onto something and anything and toss it across the room until she's done throwing. If not that, she'll come to you and scratch, hit, grab your hair. I tried calming her and distracting her, but that doesn't stop her from doing it the next time. And I try pointing to the things she throws, and she says, and we say no, and we shouldn't do this, but she does it again and again. I've tried to avoid spanking or timeouts because she's only about one years and eight months. Uh, I want to add that she has no siblings or any kids her age around her. Uh, she'll only play with adults and uh, she wants your full attention at all times. She does not play with toys, because we have toys in the house. If I play with her, she'll play, but not if she just looks at the toys and walks away. So she doesn't apparently play with toys by herself. Uh, She only plays with things she isn't allowed to touch, like wire wrapping it on her head, bottles of medication, if she gets a hold of it, which, of course, you want to make sure she doesn't. Uh, So she does sound like a handful. Yeah, she does. Um, should I launch in? <laughs> you launch in. You you I mean, start. I'm, I'm, I'm a little happy. speechless. So you you go ahead. I'm having a lot of thoughts. Um, well, on the 
um, you know, the hitting her head. I mean, of course, when, when we read the sentence, she throws her whole body onto the floor, which sometimes smashes her own head. I, it, it, I want to say that I think what the writer is meaning is that it, it knocks her head a little bit, but that that's it. But if, if, if uh, the writer, if the writer is, if is saying she falls onto the floor and hits her head and she's done that more than once, I, I think we need to get that looked at. Like that, that would be worrisome. Everything else is kind of, okay, I'm going to give some strategies and we're going to talk about, but the hitting the head could be dangerous. Uh, the other thing I would say is, I appreciate what she said about spanking because at one year and eight months, not not really the right course, you know. I mean, that child is too young. So, um, uh, ho- however, I wonder if this is a child. Well, no, let me finish these thoughts first. I'm going in a lot of directions because there's a lot here. The the scratching and hitting and grabbing hair, that that um, you know, that's a boundary violator in the sense that. If a child does that, it's absolutely appropriate, since that's causing harm to another person, it's absolutely appropriate to pick that child up, put that child somewhere else on a bed or somewhere else, and, you know, use a very loud voice and say, no, we don't do that. You know, that's absolutely fine. Um, and, and I was going to say, and then I backed up, but I'll say it now, is the loud voice. I think this child may need um, may need someone with, loud voice and strong authority you know we don't we don't do that not not the tantrum tantrums are fine right i mean we've spoken about tantrums before tantrums are wired into this kid and into all kids and to some kids more than others and the child's going to throw tantrums that this child is just too young to process and that's how the child is processing so she throws a tantrum the tantrum in itself is within the range of normal but the scratching hitting and grabbing hair that causes harm to person. So that's, or I kind of think, maybe a loud voice and placing this child um, somewhere safe, but physically carrying the child there, placing the child there, and and walking away, you know, and saying no, no scratching, no, no hair pulling. Um, I think this is a kid who'd, who'd need that loudness and who may need that physicality, which is not harmful, but which is overriding the physicality of the child. Like it's a bigger physicality. So the child has to sort of sit and think about that. Oh my gosh, I was just picked up. I was just moved over here and there was this loud voice. Okay, maybe I'm doing something I'm not supposed to. Um, and a little of that can try to get through the, ter- the tantrum. Um, the fact that the child needs full attention all the time, that is something that I think has to be nipped in the bud now. Um, because especially with this child who is strong-willed, let's say, and who is whose boundaries are unclear, um, uh, I think it is very important for the child to be put in a place to play alone, put outside to play alone, um, given dolls and a dollhouse or, or, or whatever appeals to her. I mean, I had two girls, so dolls appealed to my girls at one year and eight months. Um, and then she does, she can create all sorts of inner games using them alone. Um, so it's not, it's great for the aunt and the parents and the grandparents, everyone to play with the girl. That's great. But if she's, if she's gotten, if this girl has gotten so much attention that now she can only survive by having their attention, that's not healthy. So maybe the aunt can be the one, um, that, that doesn't play with her all the time, but that creates a space for her to play. Um, and then 
I guess the last thing I'll say, and I know we'll dig deeper, is is that she only plays with things she isn't allowed to touch. So, so um, that you know that gets me to thinking, like like is there something going on with her with this girl? Is this all within the range of normal that she's really strong-willed and she's gotten so much attention that she's trying to manipulate everyone, you know, to get attention? Because it's an attention-getting device. If she only plays with stuff that she knows will sort of get her in trouble, then she's relating to others uh, kind of by trying to manipulate them kind of through conflict and by creating conflict. That's sort of how she's relating. And we would rather she related, you know, in a way that doesn't always involve uh, refusal or conflict or having to attend to her. And because um, we don't want her to become narcissistic and we just need her to develop an independent self. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So the last thing I, I guess I said that before, the last last thing I would say is if, you know, if that if all of this continues after they've tried strategies and it all continues for six months, especially the smashing the head on the floor, I would talk to someone and get someone to, you know, look at this child and see if something else is going on. It's all within the range of normal, but it's a lot. Yeah. Now, what we don't know is mom's role or dad's role in how the child is being raised we're we're getting the the aunt's perspective when she has the child so uh you know we don't know how the the child is actually being parented so we're, we're a little handicapped in that sense of you know is is the aunt trying to put in some boundaries and the the child's rebelling against him is the child acting right. out because mom's not around um so, you know, in some ways, this is a conversation that uh, Auntie wants to have with her sister uh, about her child and to talk honestly and say, you know, what are you seeing at home? What what are the things that you're doing uh, behaviorally to help her? So let's just broaden this out. Let's not let's let's just take the child now. What are some of the strategies this child needs from everybody who's raising her to help her? Uh, navigate her way uh, through what are going to be soon her twos and threes and fours? Well, it would be the strategies I I described. You know, she's going to need loud voice. She's going to need placing somewhere else when she, if she hurts someone, um, you know, you can throw a ball, but you, you can't hit me, right? But you can have a temper tantrum with inanimate objects that don't cause any harm, but you can't cause harm to me. 
as you know to an to a pet or a human being i mean those are going to be that that's the message to get to her and those are the things that i think are they're going to have to use they're they're going to do time out they're i'm sure because she's so young and i uh, you know and i think truthfully i think if they spanked her it would go in the category of child abuse at this age anyway so yeah we just got to completely avoid that um uh, uh but but the loud voice and the moving her from one place to the other and making her sit there and having her go play alone, you know, these are strategies that the parents can practice as well. So anyone can. You know, she says in this thing, she says, the, the author does, she is a sweet girl. Yes. And all. But at times she can be quite a handful. Um, and then she says, I'm looking for techniques to deal with her. I, I agree with you that something's unclear here. The, the person wrote us because the child is a handful and and um and you know maybe this child does this so let's look at frequency maybe this child does this once a month yep you know okay if it's once a month then we're well in the range of normal um it's just that there was so much written down here that it got us thinking that wow maybe there's something going on because if if every time the child is with the aunt and this happens um or it happens two or three times then it moves outside the range of normal. So, so frequency is also something that um, you know would be would be interesting. So I'll give a sense of it. Look at once a week, okay. Uh, in any of the households, once a week, okay, normal. Is the child doing this once a day? Pulling hair once a day, uh, her, hitting her head once a day, okay, bad, right? Then we got to jump right on that. Once a month, okay normal so look at frequency is this child uh at a point where she uh needs some intentional time with other children her age yeah i think socializing kids is great um and that's a nice thing you picked up on is where where she said you know only child and so on um a year and eight months is kind of early for a quote-unquote play date that doesn't involve adults right it certainly would be fine and good to have this child around other kids because other kids socialize our kids, <laughs> you know, then it's not all on us to socialize them. And the other kids will push back when the child does things that make them uncomfortable and it helps the child to learn boundaries. So socialization is great. And how about, uh, again, we're talking about a, a still a, a pretty small child, but, um, Getting outdoors, running around more, uh, maybe a oh, bigger yeah. space to play in. Could that be part of it, that maybe the space is too confined? Yeah, that's what I meant about outside. Let's get this yeah. child out there, you know, and I like what you're saying about space. So if it's still winter where people are, when they hear this, then yes, bigger, big inside space, um, big inside space. So the whatever is the big room, the den, the family room, um, if the garage isn't too cold, maybe it's the garage, play a little bit out there. Um, use have more space, less confinement, and then nature therapy is good for this kid. Outdoors is going to be great. Uh, I also, uh, there seems to be a little bit of concern, you know, when she when grandma wants to hug her and and she just refuses to do that, and and um, it's some of that is some of that normal. Uh, is some of that just a part of growing up? Is some of that part of her personality? What's going on there? Well, the not if she's overstimmed, then then hugging her may not work. Got it. You know, okay. Right. I mean, it's not necessarily a a bad thing that a child has some boundaries and that we try to hug the child and the child doesn't want it. 
that's okay. Um, in that in that moment, that's not right for that child. So the child says no to the hug. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. I mean, if it's part of a whole other pattern, like we said, if, if this is going on frequently, um, then they're going to get help for this child. But but uh, generally, it's okay to say I don't want to hug you now because I think that that uh, when I read this, she gets angry, irritated, right, at everything, like raising your voice to just saying no or even when Grandma wants to hug her. So if this is within the normal range, it's going to be that she's angry and irritated and then she doesn't want Grandma to hug her at that time. But if the frequency is really high, she gets angry and irritated at, at everything like raising like someone raising their voice, what we might have is a, is a highly sensitive child and we might actually have something that someone is going to look at at, at some point Hmm. In that she's she's you know her her nerve endings her ears I mean everything is very sensitive ah. and and if that's the case then they'd get help for that um, what 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 again is confusing us is that this person said she's a really sweet kid and then these things happen right so so again I guess to be practical I would say if these things are happening every day then maybe this is one of those highly sensitive kids that's going to need um, someone to do an assessment later. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been around kids that little in, in terms of actually grandparenting or, or raising them. What about diet? Can, can diet play a role in any of this? Well, I'm always a big believer that, uh, and we have talked about it on this show before, that that you know your your gut is your um, is your a mirror of your brain. It's your second brain, and what we put in there, of course, affects the brain, and that's how our biochemistry is set up. So, um, if Maybe, let's see, I'm going to guess this child's no longer breastfeeding or is not breastfeeding as much since the child's coming over to the aunt um, uh, uh, seven days a week. So in that case, I mean, you, you do raise an interesting question. It would be interesting to ask them, so while the child was breastfeeding, was all this going on or did this start after the child ate other foods? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. And, and if, if there's something the child is taking in through other foods, through milk, something that she's allergic to, um, uh, gluten in the bread, and we've done other podcasts on that. That stuff's very important. Those can be neuro, you know, neurotoxic. They can come into the gut and then affect the brain, and the brain can do things we don't expect, and we think they're from something emotional or relational, but it's actually because the child's taking in the wrong food. So I'd say that is something to look at. And is always something to look at. Yeah, including I just don't have enough information. Right, to know if including that would you here. know, just you know, I know what it is to be grandparents, and you, you can sort of fall quickly into the trap of giving kids too much sugar when they come yeah, over. Yeah, you know, even even from fruit drinks, yeah, um, it can be a little much. So uh, it sounds like there's a, just a lot of things they should look at. Now, yep. let's say that they do come to the conclusion together, all of the people involved in, in raising this this little girl, that maybe they need some professional help. What kind of person would they look for? What would they be looking for in that counseling session? Uh, what resources are available to them? Well, they're going to look for pediatric. So they're going to probably go into their healthcare system, um, whatever it would be, uh, you know, their healthcare. Kaiser or whatever, you know, whatever it is, they're going to start there probably looking for referral to someone who's pediatric. And it, it may start, depending on their system, it may start, they got to go to the pediatrician first, describe it to the pediatrician. Then the pediatrician will say, okay, 
I recommend this specialist. And, and so their system will recommend the right person for them, um, hopefully, someone who's in that referral list and a preferred provider through that list. And, and it may be a pediatric psychiatrist or psychologist, it may be, but it may be to start with, it may be someone else someone who's who's um, you know a nurse practitioner but has a background maybe a background in social work you know and is working pediatrically so it doesn't absolutely have to be an MD or PhD initially um, but it's just got to be someone who has experience working with this age group hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, we, we did a podcast just a couple uh, podcasts ago on strong-willed children. And this could be an example of a strong-willed daughter. Um, do these uh, do, do kids say this age? I mean, she's still pretty young. We don't know if she's talking or or anything like that. Obviously, running around, throwing herself on the floor, so she has some of those uh, motor skills in place. But do they ever respond well to say um, games and competitions? You know, if you do this, then you know we'll do this and. Uh, let's see who can clean up the floor first, or uh, let's oh, yeah, see yeah. who can run to grandma first. How, how do those things work for uh, kids? Yeah, I mean, I definitely ought to try all of that. That's that's great to um, to make clean up into a game, make setting the table into a game. Anything you can make into a game that brings fun to it uh, is is great. That still is giving full attention to the child at all times. You know, it's still mm. it it. it, it so I want to say it's a great idea, and it's a it's a wonderful toolbox of strategies. Um, and at the same time, I'm kind of fixated on not spending so much time with the child. You know, letting the child Got have okay. five or ten minutes without us trying to um, accommodate the uh, this child's constant need for attention. You know, to yeah. just try that. I mean, if the child has some sort of disorder or something like that that's going to be discovered psychiatrically, then then that's what this child has. The child's very young, though, right? That's going to be very difficult to yep. discover now. So I think now is a time for trying these things out. And, and, and so game theory and making things into a game is definitely something to try out. And, and I also think uh, not, not providing attention every moment is something to try out. So maybe both and. So, so is that one of those things? Uh, and we um, we did a podcast on this a while ago about the the child who cries whenever he's dropped off at school, and you just talked about you, you you've got to sort of let that happen. Um, when you're at a point like with a, a young girl like this, a little girl like this who who just constantly needs adult attention, how do you sort of move away do, do you just sort of let her cry it out yell it out for a while and see what happens um how do you keep your sanity and and teach her how to play by yourself well yeah you go into it knowing it's going to be a tough month you know yep um, okay and i'm 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 putting this aunt in the role 
of being able to do this, she may not want to. She may want the parents to do this. But since she has yeah. the child seven days a week, she's like a second mother to this child. So I think she could do this. And um, if not, the mom and dad would want to do it. Uh, they would just go into it knowing, okay, it's going to be a tough month and we're going to make some errors and do this in fits and starts. And so we try it and we do, we walk away, you know, Kate, you need to play by yourself now. Here are these toys. Um, you're playing by yourself. I have to go in here. And, you know, so she goes, this aunt goes into the a room and does something, closes the door. The child, you know, will come in and, or will come and knock and, and throw a tantrum. And then you just have to go, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. <laughs> this is going to be hard. And then try it. And if two or three minutes go by and you have to give in, then you give in, you know, and you go open the door and you go hug that child. But you keep trying. Um, uh, you just keep trying when it's appropriate. And not artificial, but when it's appropriate and you have something else you have to do and it's really appropriate for this child to play alone, you try it. And after a few days, it, it'll take, like, and you're only going to try this probably once a day because this is not going to be a draconian uh, um, social engineering of the child, right? You're just trying right. uh, something out to see if you can get this kid to be a little more independent. And um, and then it will work. At a certain point, the crying will only be one or two minutes. And then, you know, the hope is the crying will be not at all. But what's great about this is you're, you're gathering data. If this this aunt or the mom or dad does this for a month once a day let's say and all 30 days no matter how many times they try this this child stands outside that door pounds on the door and cries for five or ten minutes then that is good data to take to um you know to a pediatric specialist uh to talk to them about it because uh you know, I would think in the range of normal would be for this child at a certain point to stop crying and to go play with something. So we're not trying to create insecure attachment, right? I want to be clear. We're not engineering the child. We're not trying to make the child feel unloved. It's nothing like that. It's responding to the fact that this child is not able to play alone. And that's what we're targeting. And the child should be able, 30 days of doing this, the child should be able to stop crying and to play alone. And if not, then, you know, that's new information. And maybe we do have a highly sensitive child. Maybe there's something going on in this child. Right. And and as a, a grandparent who – I don't have my grandkids five, six, seven days a week. But I do know that one of the interesting dances is that I have a certain way of – parenting, so to speak, that may be different from the way that my kids parent. And so it's always really important just make sure we're all on the same page uh, in uh, what what's appropriate. Mom and dad, what is it that you want? How do you want us to handle this? And yet at the same time to have some freedom uh, to to do what we think is is wise. And so this niece, same thing. She, she and uh, grandma and mom and dad, if he's in the picture, really need to be working together to say how is the what's the best way to raise our little girl to be uh, all that we want her to be. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have some meetings about this if they have not already, I yep. bet. <laughs> yep. 
Well, Michael, thank you so much. This was, uh, you know, again, just another interesting question. And folks, if you've got a question for us, go to wonderofparenting.com and leave your question there for us, and we will get it in the queue, and we will answer it as soon as we can. Uh, Michael, any parting words that you have for us? Uh, no, I think we covered it, and, and I really thank this person for writing in, and I, I thank her for being with this child seven days a week. You know, that's yes. so neat that the child has a second mother, and, and, and the probability is everything's going to turn out great, um, and that this child, you know, let's say is going through a phase, and, um, and how neat that, that not only the parents, but the second mother is so attuned to the child. That's a wonderful thing. Yep. Well, thank you so much for the question, Michael, for your answers. And thank you, Tim. all of you for listening. We will be back with you next time. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.